not just cheese and chocolate, a Swinglish podcast about books and other stuff I like. from Switzerland and this is the 11th episode of my podcast. All music used in this podcast is provided by my husband Rolf. You can contact me via the podcast blog at notjustcheeseandchocolate.wordpress.com where you also find the episode notes and information on all the books and other media I mention. Today I talk about books that tell love stories between men. At the time I recorded this, I was still recovering from my personal bout with COVID. You might hear it in my voice. You can look forward to our regular guest Diane at the end of the episode. I seem to have quite shocked her with my chosen subject this time. My podcast episodes, the subjects I talk about are sometimes inspired by other podcasts that I listen to. And this is true this time. I listened to an episode of the podcast in German, Unter Pfarrerstöchtern, which was recommended to me by my former boss Heidi. It's a, a podcast by two grown sisters who talk about the Bible. Uh, one of them is a theologian and the other, I think, is a journalist. And they discuss different stories of the Bible and put it in perspective. It's it's very interesting if you if you like uh, knowing more about the background of the historical text of the Bible, and they link it to different current subjects. So it's not a very devout podcast. It's more theologically interesting to listen to. I only listened to that one episode about the love between David and Jonathan, uh, which is a story that I did like as a child. I was a, a very devout child when I was young. I went to Bible school or Sunday school at our village or at my family's village where we spent a lot of our vacations and weekends. And I was very proud that I never missed uh, a Sunday. Then you would get a small gift at the end of the year. And you were a very good girl if you had gone every Sunday. And I wanted to be a good girl at that time. I have later become much more critical of our belief system. I'm still identifying as a Christian, but I have read a lot about liberation theology and I've had many discussions with interesting people about different religions so I'm very open-minded but still interested in the historical context of the Bible because it has influenced our culture very much and I think it's also interesting from a literary standpoint. Anyhow, story of David and Jonathan rem reminded me of our Sunday school teacher in Niederbib. That's the village where my family come from. My mom and dad come from the same village. 
and I still have uh, many, many cousins and uncles and aunts over there in that village, even though I've actually not really lived there. But I went to Sunday school there and the Sunday school teacher was a lady called Dora Meyer and her husband is pretty famous uh, writer, uh, very well known in Germany especially, but also in Switzerland. Gerhard Meyer, uh, his books are very highbrow, even though he saw himself as a simple man of the people, but the books are really special in their writing. I, I've never been able to finish one and I didn't know him as a person, but I knew his wife, uh, as I said, Dora Meyer, she was our Sunday school teacher and she was passionate about the Bible. She she would like walk around in front of us and raise her voice and tell the stories of the Old Testament especially, very lively, very passionately, uh, which I liked. I love good storytelling and, and she made uh, the people in the Bible come alive. So maybe it's, it was her fault that I was such a, a goody two-shoes as a girl because um, she made me interested in Bible stories. I don't know. She told us the story of David and Jonathan and the love between the two men. Of course, she never hinted at a, that it could be a, a gay love story, that that was never a subject in our Sunday school lessons, of course. But she described the love between them as, as a very romantic, beautiful uh, friendship that surpassed their family ties and and ended of course very very tragically and i think that i imprinted on male friendships with romantic undertones while listening to the story of david and jonathan because when i fantasized my own stories as a child i often put the friendship between men above their romantic relationships with women and I, I, I had this uh, very high opinion of friendships between men and it must come from literary sources, maybe the Bible, maybe Dora Meyer, because it's not as if I saw all that many male friendships in, in my real life. Yeah, I, I don't remember that that I saw examples of the thing that I fantasized about in my stories, in my head, in real life. It must come from literature, from books and from movies, of course. I just remembered that I loved the movie Ben-Hur which also has a, a very romantic male friendship in it with, with strong homoerotic undertones. Uh, of course, Ben-Hur later marries a lady, uh, but that relationship in the movie, at least, is much less passionately shown as 
the friendship who turns into an enmity to his Roman best friend. So this must have influenced me somehow. But as a grown-up, when I read romance, for a long time I didn't read romance about men. I thought that the romance about men was written for gay men. And I only later learned that that wasn't true, that it's a huge business and that most of romance with men in them, when it's not erotica, when it's classical romance with the happy ending and everything, that it's mostly written by women and for women, read by women and written by women. What made it difficult for me to read uh, romance about men was that they often are very explicit in the sex scenes. And as I may have mentioned before on this podcast, I am not that into explicit sex scenes. I prefer it when there is some hmm, secret about sex. I don't need to read about it with all the details. I think the first books that were close to gay romance or to MM romance, male-male romance, were the Lord John series by Diane Gabaldon, who are more like mystery, historical mysteries. And Lord John is, of course, in love with Jamie Fraser from the Outlander book series, uh, which is a, a love without hope because Jamie is in a loving relationship with Claire, as everybody who read that series knows. So it's very romantic that Lord John loves him so much and even takes care of, of Jamie's son and raises him as his own, as a, a sign of his deep forever love for Jamie, who he can never have. Uh, Lord John is still romantically active in his mysteries, so it's not that he has no interest in other men apart from Jamie, it's just that Jamie is his real love and he's influenced in his choice of bed partners, for example, if they have red hair and or remind him somehow of Jamie, then he will be more interested in them. Uh, I thought that the books were very realistic because they depicted uh, how dangerous it was in that time period for a man to be gay and how Lotron had to keep it a secret, especially in the military. and. He was only protected a little bit by his high status because he came from a very good family. But he had to get married to a woman because it would not have been acceptable for him to stay by himself or be in an open relationship with a man because it was forbidden, it was a crime. And it is a subject in all the Lord John mystery novels that he has to keep his love life a secret and several times it gets very dangerous when he could be 
arrested because of his interest in men. So, but those are not romance novels, as there is no happy ending, of course, because he cannot have the love of his life in in the books. But those were the first books where the, that I read where the man was in love with men and had sexual relationships with men, and also in a historical context. The, the next book that I read, was uh, I listened to it as an audiobook and was very well done narration, was uh, Somebody Killed His Editor by Josh Lanyon. This is a cozy mystery and um, I was totally shocked when the sex happened. I, I had never listened to anything as explicit and so it... it <laughs> It would have been easier in writing, I think, because then I could have um, like glossed over the text or only read so much as I was comfortable with. But because it was read aloud, I didn't have that choice. And I remember being quite shocked. Uh, Josh Lanyon is a woman. It's a, a name that could be seen as male, but the author is a well-known female writer of male-male romance. And I later also read the second installment in the mystery series. Uh, this is a romance in that uh, the hero, who is a writer, who is down on his luck. His series about an old lady solving mysteries is no longer selling and he should do something new, which he doesn't want to. And he meets with a former lover who is younger and who writes thrillers and is very successful and very good looking and as I said younger and they come back together in the first book but it's not yet a happily ever after as in the second book the relationship is very much in question as the hero has many doubts about his capability of staying in a, in a relationship with that young man so it's a love story that goes over several books, but it still has a lot of the romantic elements that we all like and a lot of very explicit sex, if you like that. Then I read a story about two FBI agents, Agents Irish and Whiskey by Lila Rain, which is pure wish fulfillment in a world where the problem it's not that they are gay, but that their love might interfere with their work in dangerous situations. There is some worry about coming out in front of the sports world. One was an athlete before the FBI, but most people are strangely okay with everything. Also, the constant hard-ons were amusing to me. So those two agents, one of their main problems is that they constantly have to see that they don't stand in front of the light because they're constantly having hard-ons for each other and have to not show it through their trousers. And I was really wondering if that is a real thing. Uh, I don't think that it is, but it was amusing to read. My first historical romance was by 
K.J. Charles, A Gentleman's Position. And this one was difficult for me because I could not believe in the world. Uh, it was very different experience when I later read her The Gentle Art of Fortune Hunting, which I liked very much. So I had to revise my opinion of my liking K.J. Charles books. She has written very different books and I want to read more by her. One that I have loved every book by is Kat Sebastian. She writes my favorite historical romance with men loving men, but she does not limit herself to male-male. She has very interesting combinations and plays with different kinds of identities and sexual orientation, which is very interesting. And her books are the epitome of romantic. They're also very sexy, but her, her way of writing her love stories is so romantic and loving and kind and hopeful. And she finds a way to give her heroes, mostly heroes, a happy ending, even though at the time, those are historical romances, as I said, even though at the time they would not have been able to be completely open about their relationship, but she finds a way to give them happy endings. And I love her for it. Many people came to romance and to male-male romance through Red, White and Royal Blue by Cassie McQuistian, which was a sweet YA romance. And it only worked partly for me. It was too much about the American political system, which does bore or annoy me in equal measure. Sorry. It's about uh, the love between the president's son. The president is a woman and uh, uh, an English prince. And there is a lot of texting in it, which is super sweet. And it's an enemies to lovers, which is also lovely. So I do recommend the book. It just wasn't as perfect for me as it has apparently been for people, maybe especially for Americans, because uh, reading about the woman as president and reading about the election going the way that liberal Americans would wish elections would go. It must have been a, a wonderful experience for them reading that, but it didn't work as well for me. But it worked as a sweet love story between two young men. Then I read the Simon Snow series by Rainbow Rowell, which is super romantic and nicely wake on the sexy parts, which I like. This was more for me than Red White and it's very female oriented, I think, but I do not really know. Would love to hear from young readers and their perspectives as I'm really old and mostly straight. So Simon Snow is uh, an accident. <laughs> uh, Rainbow Rowell in her book Fangirl, I believe it's called, writes about a young woman who writes fanfic 
about uh, the book series Simon Snow, which at the time did not exist in real life and which is similar to Harry Potter. There is a school that's similar to Hogwarts and there's a young hero who's the chosen one who has to save the world. And there is the school with lots of conflicts going on and people getting eaten and everything. So similar in a way to Harry Potter, but also very different in that Simon Snow shares his room with his arch enemy or the son of his arch enemy's family. And uh, they both are deeply in love with each other, <laughs> but cannot show this as they are enemies, of course, and must destroy each other, which is super romantic, as you can imagine. Um, and Rainbow Row later decided to write the novels to that series, but she starts later on. So you get the impression that there is a, a series about them being children because they often reflect on adventures they had when they were younger, but those books don't exist. So she starts when they're grown out of school and their life starts. I think she starts in the last school year and then continues afterwards. And there are three books so far, if I remember correctly. I will all put it on the web page so you can check it out there. Then I recently listened to Better Than People by Ron Parrish or Parrish. She's also a female writer who writes male-male um, romance, contemporary romance. And I loved the love story between an artist and a socially very anxious graphic designer. The animals play a very important role and I wanted to share this book so much because of the animals. But then the sex was just so very explicit that I knew the friends I was thinking of would not be comfortable with it, which is too bad. I want a less explicit version of that book so I can recommend it to my friends. The Lightning Struck Heart by T.J. Clune about the fantasy world where most people seem to be gay and no one cares if you are in a same or different sex relationship. And this is very funny on audio. You have to listen to it on audio. The narrator is unbelievably good and the book is very much in dialogue between friends. There's a lot of rambling and rambling, which I don't know if it's as readable in book form, but it was super funny in audiobook format. Then there is Alexis Hall. I did not read their book for a while because they sounded super explicit to me. But then there came boyfriend material and I fell in forever love with this writer. Boyfriend material is uh, the love story between a pretty stuck up young man and uh, the son of a rock star who is always having problems with the press. Uh, because of his bad lifestyle and they come together in a fake relationship that helps them both and they of course fall deeply in love and have to 
find solutions to several problems with their families and with themselves. And in the end, they are grown up enough that they can try to be in a relationship together. And this, I also listened to an audio and it was very well narrated. I also recommend to listen to the audio version. And uh, I decided that Alexis Hall is a gift to humankind. And I'm now following him on Goodreads. His reviews are really amazing. The best I've ever read. He's, he's always so kind and thoughtful and differentiates a lot. And he's very personal and gives his own opinion and feelings of the books he has read. And since he's a writer, I say he because I think he identifies as male, but maybe I should say they because it's not as clear. Anyhow, they are amazing writer and I want to read many more books by them. Uh, the only other one that I actually read is The Affair of the Mysterious Letter, which is not a romance, but is a historical steampunky fantasy something with uh, which is kind of a retelling of a Sherlock Holmes book but gender swapped and it's amazing, but not a romance. And I absolutely want to read more by them. Then there is Winter's Orbit by Verena Maxwell, who I recently fell in love with, or one of my all time favorite books about a marriage of convenience between a sunshine hero and a grumpy hero. And it's taking place in a science fiction world. There is action and no explicit sex. So the perfect book for me. I know that there were people who found it was not a romance because there was too much story. Was no problem for me. I loved everything, everything about it. I'm so looking forward to reading more by this author. Apparently she has not yet published more books, but I'm waiting. I'm glad that I'm in a place today where I can find many constellations of romantic relationships, deeply romantic. The writing and the story matter more to me than what the characters identify as. But I still seem to have special love for men who overcome not only internal but also external hardships to find love with each other. There is also a dark side to the male-male romance genre and I will put some articles about that on my webpage for the podcast as apparently some discussion if male-male romance is exploiting gay men because it's mostly women who write and read those books and is that okay? There is that discussion going on and also apparently when men write male-male romance they often don't feel welcome in the community which is super sad as the romance community should be welcoming to everybody, I think, and especially to own voices, authors. And there are readers who actually complain if the books include realistic aspects of a 
Gay Love Life, for example, um, when the men check over the shoulder if it's safe to kiss each other in the place that they currently are, which is apparently something that every gay man knows uh, to protect themselves. They have to take precautions. And there seem to be readers, female readers, who complain because it destroys their fantasy. They don't want to be confronted with reali realistic situations of danger to their main characters in their books. I, I was very astonished uh, about that because when I read a romance, I also want to read about the realistic problems that people have in real life. I use my romance reading also to find out about other people, other cultures, other times and other sexual orientations, people that are different from me and through their love stories I find what we have in common and uh, I learn so much about human nature and people and growing as a person. So to me, it's completely logical that you include realistic uh, aspects of a love life. I, I ask for that in a romance between any gender or sexual orientation. So I don't get it, but it seems an important discussion. And I will add several articles that I found on this to my website so you can check that out because it's important to me to add that information even though I can't discuss it myself with any deeper knowledge but I choose different male authors of MM romance who made a statement and it's all very readable so I recommend you check that out. And this leaves us with Diane's contribution. She talks about spirituality and being confronted with your age when you actually feel quite young. I was a real goody-two-shoes goody too. It was great to read that Krista also went to church every Sunday. That was something I did until I turned 20. And I had been in a little Baptist church and wanted to get married, and the minister would not marry me to a heathen who was a Catholic. So every time, before I was eight, all alone in Detroit, I went to church. I was a goody two-shoes. And suddenly, suck with 20, it was over. Now I would say I am still Christian, but I'm a Christian who believes in reincarnation and karma and what goes around comes around and all that kind of stuff. And I have not been in a church since those days. But anyway, I still feel that I've done a lot of spiritual growth and doing things. But one thing I do remember about my church days is that not once did we ever, ever talk about the love between David and Jonathan or about anybody else either. 
I was completely awed by Krista's description um, of how the teacher, the wonderful dynamic teacher, talked about such things. We may have talked about love, but it was Jesus who loved us all, as we well know. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. And Bible school told me nothing ever, ever about M.M. <laughs> Emotions or experiences. Uh-uh, no way. And I have a feeling that this is a little bit a generation gap, which I didn't know I felt so much. Krista is wonderful, and she's younger than me. I know she's younger than me, but I just think of her as a colleague. But when we come to the what we learned in Bible school, I realized that there was a lot different going on, difference going on in her time than in my time. Um, it is just amazing. I don't, I don't feel old. I can remember my in-laws smiling when the the grandmother came to live with them, and she missed playing cards, and we weren't into cards so much. And, and so her son was trying to say, but, you know, at the church here, you can, you can play cards all the time. The bus will even come and pick you up. And she was indignant and said, I don't want to play cards with a bunch of old people. Well, we were pretty gobsmacked about that because she was seriously pretty old. She used to cane and was wobbly. So that that helped me to really see old people. And I remember having that aha moment. But I must say now, I don't feel very old either. And this has really hit me hard. I always loved books. Susie, my best friend, always loved books. And we always went to the library. I don't remember us asking too many questions about what kind of books there were. We just knew what we liked and got them. So maybe there were sections we didn't know about. But I was never aware to go looking for them. Um, we, I think I've talked about before, we both liked Nancy Drew, the teenage sleuth, the mega detective who was such a cool and proper girl. Her mom had died and her dad was a lawyer and backed her up all the way. Well, I was going through programs on the TV and there was Nancy Drew. So I recorded it and I couldn't wait to get back to Nancy Drew. And you know what the first image was I saw? It was Nancy Drew having sex, having sex with a black man in what appeared to be a garage. Now, if that is not crushing in 
an important image of childhood. I don't know what is. So for me, that hit me that Nancy was having sex, but no <laughs> no more than it did than from going to be super sleuth. She, in a way, was becoming a little bit of a slut. And her friends, too, how they were portrayed with the makeup, with the short skirts that just didn't cover anything when you bent over. I I am having a serious late midlife, early senior phase. <laughs> series of doubts and disorder. It is amazing what is going on these days. And I like that Krista's a librarian, and she does this library lingo with YA. At first I had to think, oh yeah, young adult, and then MM, male, 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 in young adult. What am I missing here? Well, society has surely come forward a long way since my library days. I just could hardly imagine, not imagine it. Men romance. Well, now I can sort of follow, but but really? And for young people? But I guess that's a necessary thing. My brother's gay. I'll ask him, but I know he's not much of a writer. <laughs> I don't want to know more about looking at men's magazines. So. <sighs> the conclusion of it is that I'm feeling like an old fart, a youngish oldie but goodie who has thought she was rather broad-minded and opened up to things. But that actually wasn't it the case very much. But yeah, it was a very interesting um, podcast to listen to to be surprised by, and to learn a lot from. So I hope you folks enjoyed it, and um, maybe some of you can smile and <laughs> sort of understand, too, about the old fart. It's also something about age that is coming up a lot recently. When I look at people, I am more generic about it. They're young, they're middle-aged, or they're old. Today I was shopping, and someone who worked in the store was there as a client. And I always thought he was a sweet teeny boy. He was there with his daughter in a little stroller. Well, did that blow my mind too. So I, I don't know how I treat young people anymore, because they probably think, that old lady is just crazy. But... I don't know. Being a crazy old lady is better than a boring old lady, I guess. And yeah, it is how it is, isn't it, folks? So I'm going to enjoy my old, early age, senior, whatever time, because I don't know how to. I'm a dynamic senior, maybe. I have to think of some new terms and come to new conclusions at this phase in life, because we're always learning, right? Boy, has this one been a life lesson for me. Enjoy podcasting, enjoy reading, and have a very good day, folks. All the best to you. Bye-bye.
Thank you.